Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to, uh, this is going to be quite an episode of Churches Now Online podcast because we probably need to change the name of this podcast to Church Has Been Online and <laughs> dot, 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 is that a good thing? Question mark. Mm. Joined as always uh, is uh, Scott Irwin. Yes, I am here. And <laughs> the one and only Kristen Jacobson. Oh, the one and you. only. The one and only. I love that Scott always chimes in afterwards. Well, I was so excited. It's, it's a thing now. To hear just the one and only. <laughs> you guys, I want to have a conversation. Um, I know we all want to have this conversation about um, the the state of church right now in at least Lake and Porter County, Indiana. But I think this is a, a much broader American issue. Um, we made the transition because of coronavirus to a online only type of church. Everything has gone digital. Everything has become virtual. And that brings with it some questions. Here we are, eight, nine, 10 weeks into a uh, post-pandemic type of uh, situation where in the beginning, we were just making life happen. We're getting through whatever we needed to get through to flatten the curve. And now here we are, and church is reopening. Uh, on June 7th, we'll be kicking off our first in-person service at HP. We will have severely limited seating. People will need to register. Uh, by the time this drops, people will have already uh, registered for uh, the first three offerings of services. Um, you can do that at Bethelweb.org slash attend, by the way. And so it's going to be a new experience for people, one in which uh, not everyone's going to be even welcome to attend, right? And so we've got 65-year-old and over that the governor has asked us to encourage them, beseech them, implore them, strongly urge them. You pick however you want to talk about it. Stay at home. That's what they're saying. And likewise, anyone who has a two-year-old or under, it's really impossible to keep a mask on them. And then let's be honest, anyone who wants to keep a mask on their face for 75 minutes, as well as their kids... Uh, that's going to be a challenge for them too. Hopefully over the next couple of weeks, these restrictions and, and some of these um, challenges will be eased up and we'll be able to see progress with coronavirus. But this is the big question. What we want to talk about today is amid all of these challenges, are there things about church that we can keep completely online or is physical church truly a better way to do church than church online? It's a good question. <laughs> and I don't think anybody here knows the answer. But the, uh, yeah, why can't we just keep uh, indefinitely doing church online? Maybe we found a better way. You know, let's, uh, let's, let's just definitely, uh, you know, start, start here. Um, I've enjoyed not dressing up to go to church. Anyone else? <laughs> yes. I, yes. I will say waking up on a Sunday morning, it's relaxed. Our kids aren't in a hurry. I don't have to be them. Chris and I have actually not often, but occasionally been able to take in services together. There's a, there's a beauty of being on your couch on a Sunday morning. That is this sort of like, um, as a teenager, as I think about growing, you know, think about growing up in my adult years, I'll have all this freedom and Sunday mornings won't be going to church. It'll be on my couch. Like there's that mm. like weird Americana <laughs> dream that we're all being able to fulfill. And it's not against the rules because church is online. I literally have to watch it. 
Um, so there yeah. are some things that are uh, convenient about technology. Um, but then we also think about technology. There's some real sacrifices and some losses that come along with it. And part of, part of that's what we want this conversation to be today. Um, before we maybe dive into the deep depths of uh, maybe some, some theology and some, some experiential thoughts about this, I'm just curious, what do you, what do you guys miss about being physically present on a Sunday morning with other people? So, I, I mean, this is probably incredibly obvious, but when we log on to live stream, you know, people, I'm always on the YouTube feed and some people say, hey, good morning, Bethel family. You know, we see these little chat, but maybe 5% of the people that are watching actually say something on that chat. And I miss walking into the building and walking from one end of the hall to the other and saying good morning to every single person I see. And that feeling of, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Good, good to see you. Like those little chitty chat, small chat, small talk sort of thing that Daniel has mentioned that he hates. He's not <laughs> yeah. afraid, but, you know, Throwing him under that the kind of stuff. I miss that. <laughs> I, I, I miss that. Can I piggyback off that? Because I so so. um on a Sunday morning, I invariably will have more people wanting to talk to me. The like, the, it's a formula. You know, the closer you get to nine o'clock, the more people want to talk to you, and often the more <laughs> the worship team also wants to talk to you. And so I know sometimes I've had to walk fast to get to um, the uh, the green room and talk to our guys. But I'm and, and so I've I've often felt conflicted in those moments at between like eight forty five and eight fifty five where I, I need to get from like the bathroom to the, the backstage area, <laughs> but I don't have time to talk to anybody. And I, I loathe those experiences. I just absolutely hate them because I <laughs> want to talk to people, but I know I can't. And then they're going to think like, I, that guy's a jerk. He's just going, eh, the pastor doesn't take time for nobody. <laughs> and I feel that. And I never thought that I would ever want to have that feeling again. But after nine weeks <laughs> of not having any, any hallway to walk down or people to see or to bump into, I, you're right, Kristen. I deeply miss that. I miss the opportunity to be interrupted and to have people come, you know, they, they, they come up and they say, Hey, will you pray for me about this? And sure. We're getting emails and things like that, but just the, those, um, rhythm of life type of conversations where they just come up along mm -hmm. the way, you know, I think, uh, mm -hmm. those are incredibly, incredibly human and incredibly important. And I feel like we, we really miss those. Yeah. That's great. Scott, what about you, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was just thinking back to like the last time that we met in person at HP, which was the, the five-year anniversary Ding. celebration, which seems forever ago. Well, yeah. And I just remember, um, that Sunday morning and evening, it was very, the room was very charged. It felt uh, exciting. And I miss being in a room and looking around and seeing, you know, 200 other people doing the same thing and pursuing the same goal and being involved in the same mission. It gives this like sense of togetherness and that mm -hmm. we're accomplishing something together that we are like living out these biblical mandates of, uh, of church. And there's something 
lacking when I log in online and I just see, right. oh, you know, there's th 300 people here watching on Sunday. Uh, it fe it feels so yeah. less than. Yeah. So that's the, that's the question right. we want to wrestle with today because here's what's going to happen. People are going to um, not be able to attend church in the immediate future. Even if we have services going, they can't make it on a Sunday because either they have a um, immunocompromised status or they're over a certain age. You know, this is, I was talking to some of our people the other day and, and apologizing to the 65 and older folks as if they had done something wrong, they are being punished, right? You've lived a certain amount of your life. <laughs> now stay home. Like you must stay okay. home. And, and it, a lot of them feel like this is ridiculous and, you know, if they want to be able to go out, they should be able to go out, but, but truly being encouraged to stay home. So that's, it's robbing them of an opportunity to partake in the gathered physical assembly of the church. And so we're going to be continuing to live stream. We're going to let, uh, that be the primary method of discipleship and gathering, uh, that our church, uh, puts resources and energy and thought and encourages people to participate in. I think the question that we want to we want to ask, you know, is there things that we can do virtually in the church just as well as physically or is physical gathering and physical presence truly better? I think we're we're asking the question not in the sense of you you are for lack of a better terms a shut-in, right? That's kind of how the church used to talk about it those who are shut in, we want to bring them a, a cassette. We want to bring them a CD. Do you guys remember cassettes? Those are pretty cool back in the nineties. Yeah. Dating. Yeah. Right but, but those are the ways that we've accommodated that before. Now the accommodation is actually a peek into the room. I mean, just think about that. You get to be someone who watches yeah. what happens. So you get to still at least hear what was said and hear what was sung and hear what was read and hear what was shared. Um, but you're not there. And so we're asking the question not about, you know, for the mom who's got kids and can't get to church because her kids can't wear a mask or for those who are over the age of 65. I think we're asking a more fundamental question of if I'm able to go to church and mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm, um, I'm choosing not to go to church because the experience that I'm having online virtually seems to be sufficient enough what do we say to that? Mm. I think we want to draw those those, yeah, those clear the lines there because yeah. there's no opportunity. There's no opportunity for some people to make it today. And so live stream is wonderful. And that's like a blessing of technology. So um, how mm -hmm. how would we start this conversation about down that, down that road of like, maybe what are some things that actually we can do virtually that don't cost yeah. us, you know, any, uh, that actually be become beneficial for us? Um, you guys have any thoughts on that? Are you asking like what on what parts of church is, are not lost, yeah. uh, when it's given online in kind of like an yeah. online package? I'll give you one. Yeah. What? Giving. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. When, whenever we give online, which is what Chris yeah, right. and I have done that for, you know, since we've been married essentially, um, we've never had that experience of putting the check in the offering basket. Um, and right. I've always felt like people judge me for that because, you know, the pastor should give and we do, I've always wanted a shirt that says I give online. Um, 
<laughs> but but truly, I mean, uh, I don't think you lose anything by mm-hmm. giving. You know, practicing generosity. It's true. The way it's the same way you bank, right? Like it's mobile, it's virtual. So that's one that I would think about. Yeah, that's good. I I went. I don't even know. This this is the first thing that came to mind. Is the um, is preaching, and I don't know if it. I guess there is something that is lost online, but really at the end of the day, like exposition of scripture is oral and auditory. Um, Maybe like receiving it is different when you're sitting in an auditorium, but well, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Is there something lost in the preaching of scripture? Dan, you've preached like to an empty auditorium and then I'll give you my feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to speak, obviously, from the point of a preacher, but from a receiver of the word, I think it's a huge difference from Mm. sitting in my living room, my kitchen, trying to focus on Pastor Steve while, uh, you know, my kids are running around or (laughs) trying to get him a snack or whatever it is that I'm um, getting distracted by. But um, I think you're literally getting distracted by one of our kids right now. Like literally. I love it. That was great. Oh, oh man. Okay. But just if setting that aside, let's say I don't have kids and I'm able to sit in front of the screen and I'm able to listen, mm-hmm. um, any of us, even the best intentions, we can sit and we become distracted, right? There's moments where we drift off. We think, start thinking about other things, but when you are in a Sunday morning, you don't get distracted in service. No, no, no I do. I totally <laughs> oh, do. Okay, okay. But this is what the difference is. There yeah. is a sense in the body when a word yeah. is coming and you have people when other people begin to respond to the word being preached that mm. engages me to a new level does Absolutely. that make sense yeah so, it's like social pressure almost yeah, well just like you feel you feel a you know when 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 a preacher is saying something convicting when the holy spirit is moving within people's hearts and there's sometimes a quiet that falls over the crowd or mm-hmm. there is a energy that picks up when I'm, when I'm hearing that Jesus is not dead. He is alive. There is something that when I, when I am there with my brothers and sisters in Christ and we respond to that truth, whether it's through an amen or just a spirit that's within the room of Mm -hmm. assenting to that reality and the fact that that has changed my life that you cannot replicate online. Yeah. And I miss that. I I miss that. (laughs) Yeah. That's something so is lost. Yeah. I think so. I've had the opportunity to preach one of these live stream messages and I have to tell you, it was miserable. <laughs> and I brought balloons on stage mostly for me <laughs> to feel better about the situation. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's what it was. And, and I think, you know, this whole entire pandemic and especially churches, we've had to wrestle with the question of what is communication. And I think that at our church, at Bethel, particularly the Hobart Portage campus, we, we stream the preaching half the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You would think that there would be this, you know, one-to-one correlation between just watching a live stream screen. And actually I saw the comments the first week we did this. Some <laughs> some people in our church posted, like I'm in my living room watching church this week or participating in church this week. And like their in-laws um, posted like, uh, they were kind of digging at the fact that we live stream at our campus. They were like, isn't that the same thing as the big screen? It's just smaller. <laughs> and it's not. 
because mm-hmm. of everything, Kristen, you just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when a live preacher is being streamed into a room that is full of people who are there to anticipate and hear it, that collective experience mm. um, engages you as a listener all the more. And it, and you know that moment. I'm not at all uh, assuming that people hang on my every word when I preach. I know everybody gets distracted. They start wondering about things. I say a reference to a movie, and they're all off in their mind thinking about something else. You know that moment when like you lose train of the preacher and then everybody laughs or everybody, everybody, it brings you back. Yeah. And right now the online experience, you get lost and all of a Mm. sudden you're down a rabbit hole and you're, you're not even watching. You're not even in the same tab of your browser anymore. You are gone. You walked right out of church. Right. So as a preacher, here's the, here's the challenge. I actually have always contended that preaching is dialogue not monologue and as such you 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 when you preach well you are reading the people and you're engaging with them even though it's nonverbal communication it's still communication nonetheless right Hmm. Right. that there are only i i'm convinced there are maybe a handful of preachers slash communicators communicators is what millennials call preachers uh I just think there's like a dozen of them in the country who are good enough to preach Mm -hmm. God's word to a camera and have it really impact people. I don't think Billy Graham would be a good 2020 streamed preacher, Mm -hmm. even though he packed out and preached to millions of people. Mm -hmm. He's, he wasn't that good of a communicator. Mm -hmm. If you ever go listen to him, he was very just plain. It takes a, really special person to be able to have the awareness to preach and then interpret what you hear yourself saying and the because t- there's intention in how you think you're saying, coming across but then also how it actually comes across mm-hmm. right and you have to be self-aware enough to go oh what i just said i meant for it to sound a little bit more like this so i have to tell them now at home that that was sarcastic and now i have to imagine them <laughs> hearing me explain to them that that was sarcastic how they're going to respond to that coming back to me and then i also have to keep moving on and it's a very self-aware and and very accomplished person who's actually good at preaching Mm. to an empty room. Right. We've always said at Bethel, even, you know, the most mediocre live preacher will do better in the room than the screen. Right. Because something happens and we don't, you know, like we don't, we're not scientists. We're not like communication gurus. Something happens. That's how we talk about it. Something happens (laughs) when a real person preaches to real people yeah there's just a difference there so i don't know i think in the sense of like can you get a sermon out there yeah you can get a sermon out there can you have a better effect as a Mm. preacher yeah let me preach to 50 people over 5,000 on a screen, you know, 50 people in the room mm-hmm. versus 5,000 on the screen. I'm trusting that those 50 people and I are going to connect way better yeah. than me and those 5,000 people. And there's yeah. something too that you're enabling those 50 people to connect to one another. You know what I mean? Like, like the reality of, you know, these, it, it enables me to be engaged more with the preacher. But when I look across the room and I see somebody else, that's also being impacted by the truth that mm-hmm. we are hearing that allows me to, um, enter into something that's beyond myself. And I yeah. know, Oh, I'm not the only one that's being convicted. My friend over here who I know has walked this certain road and has experienced some either victory or tragedy or whatever it is, is also hearing this truth and being impacted. And now we can from six feet apart in the lobby, (laughs) engage in conversation or through a phone call or some sort of 
communication after the fact say how like that impacted me in this way mm-hmm. how did you receive that truth today and we can have this connection now that i know we've both heard this truth and received it in a certain way does that make sense yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely so scott we, we've got very mixed reviews on the preaching no, I maybe, I maybe you can. Maybe it's just as good virtually. I'm I'm gonna go. No, it's even better live. Um, but uh, there, there's there's lots to the body of Christ and how we gather on Sundays. Um, baptisms. I think the baptism that we saw on Sunday. I texted Chris Whetstone as it was going, as the <laughs> video was was. I was just saying, dude, this is excellent. I'm like the way he was just bringing a normal, natural feel to it was really great. And I've, I felt like I didn't lose anything in the sharing. I thought this, the sharing of her, her story, story yeah. was mm-hmm. so much better than it would have been live. <laughs> and um, his baptism, you know, the way that Chris took the opportunity to preach the gospel before he baptized um, her, it was just, it was a great thing. And that, that went out over our broadcast to how many thousand people, thousands of people. And I thought that was like a real win for technology. Mm to be able to, to take that and move it forward. But I want to ask this question. What about communion? Well, that's interesting you said about the baptism, Dan, because we were sitting on a Zoom call. There's like, you know, there's people that sit on a Zoom call Sunday morning who oversee the online platforms. And um, we got to the baptism and everybody was like, wow, that was kind of sad. That there was no cheering. No cheering. I thought the same. Oh my goodness. Yes. You know? So yes. I was like, okay. Yes. yes, I agree. Yes. Like the testimony went out, it was it was great, but there was there was a there was a lack of celebration. It's the same thing with responding the to the message, like yes. this mm. this yeah, right. reality of what has happened, and all of us collectively affirming how good God is and how mm. incredible it is to see the gospel fruit of a baptism. Like that's yeah. incredible, and I it, it felt so sad at when yeah. it was i mean dustin just simply i mean dustin did a great job i don't mean to dog on him but like right. it was the lights go down and and dustin says praise the lord and i'm thinking i'm usually in tears and yeah. shouting and anytime there's a baptism and and i just so missed that yeah no i agree and that's funny about that i remember watching her story and I preloaded my response into the comment bar and then I waited <laughs> and I waited because I knew I got to yeah. like applaud somehow, but I can't yeah, yeah. noise. Shoot, man. I got to like type it in. <laughs> so uh, I just remember waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then hitting enter and being like, that's mm. it. That's so weird. And like hitting enter is my response. I know it is so not my place, but why didn't the worship team cheer? Why didn't like the sound yeah. guys in the room cheer? Uh, like why didn't somebody about cheer? Or play music <laughs> behind or something. Yeah. 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 And is that just production value or is that like, no, I would think it that's still, like the reality? Would it still have felt flat. You flat. know what I mean? Like if yeah. they would have done that. Well, they, they told him the to conversation cheer. Would have, yeah, the conversation <laughs> we'd have be having now is like, can you believe they tried to like hype up that know. moment? It still felt know. flat. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the communion thing is really interesting to me because, um, so if, if you're Lutheran, um, which we're not, but we get some of our theology from Luther, he says that church is anywhere where the word of God is rightly preached and the sacraments are rightly administered. 
That's the definition of church for Martin Luther. We can argue with that and people have, but that's the lines that he draws. The word of God has to be rightly preached. And so I think, yes, you can rightly preach God's word over the internet. Communication principles, it's very difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. But then the the sacraments need to be rightly administered. And for Luther, this the, the word touch is a very important word. The body and the and the and the blood or the the you know the the juice and the bread of communion have to touch your mouth. They need to, you have to taste grace is, mm. is part of their theology. Likewise, the water in baptism has to touch. Uh, either the, they, they, most of them infant baptisms or some will be adult sprinklings. And so there's this touch of grace that's so present in their theology. And as non-denominational you know, evangelical Christians, we don't have the same, I don't know what you want to call it, if that's a mystical approach to, uh, to the gathering. But we have these priorities that where, you know, the, the church discipline thing, where two or three are gathered together, uh, there I am with you. That's, that's that passage that everyone loves to quote. Jesus is really talking about when you go talk to your brother about how he's offended you, you know, don't be afraid. I'm also with you. But there is that, that interesting sense of when there are people together, is God present? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, there, there's something different in communal gathering. And this is how God, I think, has always interacted with people you even go back to the old testament and yeah it was he was he was making a nation he wasn't yeah. just making a bunch of individuals he uh connected with them at the tabernacle yeah. it was a physical place uh and you get to this side of the covenant and this is where it gets interesting you know we we are the church we are right. the tabernacle we are the temple um but there, there is, I think you can still trace this biblical theme of like the physicality of God interacting with humanity. I mean, that's the incarnation, right? It wasn't that yeah. God just spoke from heaven, but he literally physically came and interacted with humanity. So I, I don't think we can just wholesale throw out physical connection because, or, you know, uh, physical gathering because this is how God has always interacted with people. And this yeah, is what we're always pursuing. I, you don't even think of the garden. Yeah. Like God walked with Adam and Eve. Yeah. And, and I want to ask the question, like hypothetically, like what if that was virtual? <laughs> like what like if, if God virtually like if, walked it, with them? And what if God virtually yeah. visited us? Like what if his hologram <laughs> came and, and he wasn't, he the word is embodied, right? If, what if he wasn't embodied or incarnated, wrapped with flesh? Mm-hmm. There is this principle that God, God cares what we do with our bodies, Mm -hmm. but God cares so much about us that he came in one of our bodies. And I think God also cares that we, um, are connected communally and that involves bodily form, right? For us to be there present together. Mm -hmm. I think for all of the wonderful things that technology allows us to do, it definitely allows us to get the message of Jesus Christ out to millions of peoples in ways that we've never been able to. It allows us to still have a touch point, um, with so many of us in connection and exchanging thoughts and ideas and concerns and even prayer requests. Um, we as a staff have been having a conversation about, you know, prayer online. Like, is it okay to pray over Facebook live and, 
Um, I have an, I, I called it an allergy to that. I'm not, you know, totally comfortable myself <laughs> praying over. I just feel like that's a weird thing. Although that's not the same for everybody else. They don't all have that allergy that I do. Um, but these are questions that we have to wrestle with, you know, technology gives us a lot of blessings, but it also provides a couple of challenges. And I think really, if we, if we just wholesale accept that the virtual world is just as good as the physical world, what are we losing? Mm. And I think we're, we're going to acknowledge that we're going to lose some things. We're going to lose some, the human component to some of these things the the human interaction the the human like Kristen, you were saying bumping into people in the hallway the the human response of i know what that person's going through but they're singing at the top of their lungs right now how good is our god how great is our god we 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 miss those human moments luther's comment about communion and how the the lord is present in with under he has that quote that the elements mm -hmm. themselves have some so you, you were talking about it and i because i think that they're like that's the mysticism of christianity that i think people are not afraid but are so reluctant to talk about but mm -hmm. i think that explains so much about why the body of believers is essential that it's not this it's not just receiving of truth and it's not just um, responding and, and acting morally. Like there is something about being in the same space as other believers as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we worship God, as we receive his word, as we receive the elements in communion, as we um, observe a baptism, there is something spiritual, mystical, essential that happens when we are together physically. What's funny about Luther is that he used the term real presence and virtual presence of the host, of, of, of God of, being of Christ. In, yes, yeah. yes. And mm -hmm. so I think it's just virtual in a way, different way, <laughs> in, a, in a different sense. But I think the idea of um, by proxy, by distance uh -huh. is, is something that we're talking about here. So guys, what, what would we say to you know, the person who's been engaged with church services online and maybe, you know, let's cast a very positive picture. They've paid attention every week. <laughs> They've sung out loud in their living room so that their dog like has looked <laughs> at them weird. They've given online every week. They text their giving to seven, seven, nine, seven, seven, right? Uh, they're even in a virtual small group. Um, and yet they don't plan to re-engage physically at the church. Mm -hmm. Can we create maybe a little vision for a better way? So I'm just going to prop up the one side of the argument. Why, why would I go back to church now when I feel like I'm I think there's a, a measure to, well, I'm just going to wait until it's all back to normal. Like everything is just back to normal. I'll just wait until then, and then I'll go back. Because I think a lot of people are, are in that boat. So I think what we have to encourage people, why is it okay? Why is it better to go to physical church, even though there are still some measure of restrictions and it's different and it's, it's a little bit harder? You know, why would I want to do that and not just wait till it's all back to normal? 
I am so sympathetic to that, to that perspective yeah, for absolutely. Because, because I think that we are all, um, public health conscious right now. Mm-hmm. And to know that there's this microscopic bug that's just plagued the world is scary. My response to that though, why would I go back now as opposed to waiting for it to all go back to normal is twofold. Number one, I don't know who's going to break it to these people, but it's not going back to normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, do you remember why, um, why I almost said Y2K. That was the disaster. <laughs> that was that never crazy. Happened. Everything went back to normal. <laughs> a year later was 9-11, right? 9-11. Yeah. And um, 9-11 changed instantly the way people interacted with security. How we created departments in our government. We, um, it was just a, it was an incredibly, life-shaking, world-shaking event that changed everything. And likewise, March 2020 was a pivotal moment where um, life fundamentally changed. I heard Tom Hanks, uh, his his address to his commencement speech to whomever is graduating this year, he talked about this. He said, you're the chosen ones who are going into this brand new world that was created that you didn't ask for, but that you are destined for. And you're going to talk about the world before and then the world after. And so I think this notion, I think he's right. I think this notion that, you know, one day it's all going to be normal. Sure. That's fine. But when we don't know (laughs) how long we don't know, maybe if you're, if you're asking that, go ahead. I just, even if things do go back to normal, psychologically, we have all changed so greatly. Like, and so if you say like, it's back to normal in that we can sit next to each other in church and give each other a hug in the lobby, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But as people, we have changed in the way we think about engaging with one another, whether or not there are restrictions placed on us by governing officials, there still is going to be reaction that Mm -hmm. we have within us that will never be the same. So my first, yeah, exactly. And that's my, my first thought is, um, for how long and is there ever going to be a normal? My second thought is that's precisely why we need to be together right now is because the church thrives, not in, in terms of numbers, but in terms of impact, Mm -hmm. we were designed to weather storms with each other. We were designed to um, link arms and to go out and face the world together. Never was the Christian gospel come to Jesus and individually you will survive all of these things of life. No, it's come to Jesus and die. First of Mm -hmm. all, interesting. And then come to Jesus and die for your brother. Like come and serve your brother, come and lift others up as better than yourself. I think part of what we're missing in the question of like, I'm going to come back to church when it's safe for me or when Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm ready, you're losing the fact that, that you are punting your spiritual gifts down the road. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we gather together is because God put something in you that he wants to use through you to bless someone else. Right. You are literally withholding the good gift of God that he designed for you, Mm -hmm. which is if you read Ephesians four, the same way that I do, you're stifling the growth of the body. You're not allowing the body to build itself up into mature manhood so that we are no longer tossed to and fro uh, through the waves, right? You, You engaging in church, just being present, being around, being available, being human in the midst of a pandemic 
is one of the greatest hopes that the world has. Right. We need to be safe about it. We need to take precautions. But we also need to see that us being isolated in our own homes is costing us greatly in something that God designed us for. Kristen, you looked like you were going to jump in on that. I just couldn't agree more. I think when we acknowledge that or choosing to go, even though it's not convenient or even though it's not Mm -hmm. the way we'd want it to look, acknowledges that church isn't about me. Like this is, it's not about me, my needs being met. It is about community. And so for us to go and to be together and, and like we've been talking about for for us to engage in the word and to see one another respond, to see mm-hmm. one another worship despite hardship, to see one another um, continue to pursue the Lord, even through fear or doubt or whatever it is that we're experiencing, that, that ignites the faith of the person across the aisle. You know, yeah. it, 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 we, we, we are stronger together and that's not just an idiom or something that we want to say to like hype <laughs> yeah, ourselves up. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's the, it's the reality of the body of Christ. Your faith yeah. makes me stronger in my faith. And so seeing you here and being reminded of your presence of your devotion to the Lord, it, it grows my devotion for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Dan, I, I agree with all this. And to your first point of a, of a nothing going back to normal or we're pursuing a new normal, I, I think of we're looking for people right now. We're looking for pioneers in the church that are going to step into this new thing. It might be a little hard, might be a little difficult, but to uh, like ready the ground for the people who can't come or I, I just have this, I have this picture of like, now more than ever, we need, we need people to step into this new normal and help us figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I, when I preached at, I was going to say when I preached at Crown Point, but that message went everywhere. So when I preached on the live stream, <laughs> my, the whole arc of the text is, um, others seeing the love that we have for Christ and one another mm-hmm. and, and coming to Christ. Um, and I, I ended by saying, I think in decades to come, our great grandkids are going to look back on this moment in history and say that was a turning point in the world, not just when people rediscovered church, but they found God. Hmm. And I think that if we're not willing to put ourselves again, safely mm-hmm. with precautions, but if we're not willing to engage um, it, it makes me feel like the, the fields have never been riper for harvest. And yet many of the workers are saying the thorns are too thick yeah. and I don't want to get scratched. And I'm not trying to equate, don't hear me saying COVID is just like a cold. I'm not saying that at all. It is a brutal virus that has tremendous consequences and can bring death. So I don't want to like, you know, soft paint this. But I do think that there are ways for us to um, accommodate ourselves to the situation in life so that we can reap a true spiritual blessing to mm-hmm. this, a real uh, encouragement. I think to, sort of to Kristen's point too, one of the perspectives that I would have is um, one of the reasons it's important to come to church is not just for others and not just for yourself. Maybe it is for others in the way I'm about to say it, but um, I and I don't know how to say this as a pastor, but I think it's, it's encouraging to your pastor 
when you attend mm. physically in that space. This is true about prayer. Anytime we have a prayer gathering and people show up physically, it th- nothing warms the heart of your pastor more than that. But then on a Sunday morning to know people took time out of their week to give God we, we Sunday morning, right? Give God the first part of your week, give him the best part of your week. It's God's day in God's house with God's people. I understand that we can accommodate that virtually, but I do think something significant happens when we do that um, physically. And I don't, I don't want to undersell the fact that as shepherds, we are, we are, we do our jobs better when we see the people, Mm -hmm. right? When we see, when we see people, it's the same as like a doctor doing one of those teledoc calls. Have you ever done one of those teledoc calls, Scott? Yes. (laughs) They're great. They are I great. love it. It's convenient. I've gotten prescriptions quickly, but I also have this moment of being like, are you sure? How do you know? <laughs> are you sure you diagnosed me the right way? Yeah. And they limit what you, they provide, the services they provide, because some things require hands on, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the same thing's true about shepherding and, and pastoring is that some things we... You know, we do our job better when I can look someone in the eye and they're saying like, I'm fine, but you know, they're not, yeah. you know, and, uh, we were talking earlier, Kristen, I don't know how to talk about this, but there have been moments where, um, women have walked into our church and there's just something different about them. And there's like a glow about them. <laughs> and we're all a little suspicious about what's going on about them. <laughs> how and are we you... ever supposed to know that someone's pregnant unless we can see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least how can we? No, uh, before they tell you. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing, right? And that's part of humanity. That's part of being excited about what what's going on. Likewise, you know, um, I think about some of the people who have recently lost loved ones. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had Jimmy Weller on the podcast a few weeks ago, but um, his dad was someone who I was a good friend. I, I loved his dad. I didn't know him long, but his dad passed a couple of years ago and did his funeral. And I remember the, the Sunday after doing his dad's funeral, his whole family's in church. There's his mom, Glenda. We love Glenda. And, um, and it just, it, like you said, Kristen, it encouraged my heart watching them worship in the midst of their sadness and their lamenting. And these are, this is what it is to be human. To be human is to feel, to be human is to touch, to be human is to be near one another. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that we live in a day where we can weather a pandemic with a ton of interaction Mm -hmm. and we don't have to feel so isolated, but I'm terrified that we'll take the good parts of technology and replace the essential parts of humanity Mm. and we'll fall for something short of what God designed us to be. It's good. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.